You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. You're listening to BGN Radio with Brandon Lee Gowton and Jimmy Kemsky. What's going on, everybody? This is BGN Radio, episode number 272. Brandon Lee Gowton of Bleeding Green Nation. Big surprise there. Big surprise guest. Brandon Lee Gowton, Bleeding Green Nation. <laughs> it's with me, Jimmy Kemsky, phillyvoice.com. And we are here recording BGN Radio, episode number 272. Again, this is the Eagles final 53-man roster projection Brandon has published his. I have published mine. We're going to go into more depth on the players that we think are going to make the team. Uh, the initial, again, the initial 53-man roster, it'll change many, many, many times throughout the season and probably a few times before the season even begins. But before we get to all that, I need to know where I can get the finest meat snacks in the land. Well, Jimmy, you can get them at RighteousFelon.com, discount code BGN20 at RighteousFelon.com. Jimmy, Righteous Felon should never be left off the roster. You got to keep that on the roster. It's a, <laughs> it's a lock every single year. You, you put it on you there. You can't risk somebody claiming Righteous Felon off of waivers. That's right. So you want to go to RighteousFelon.com, discount code BGN20. Jimmy, I want to read a couple quick reviews because I'm bad at doing this, but I want to get into a habit of reading our Apple five-star ratings and reviews. We appreciate you doing that. Just a couple of quick ones here. Um, number one, title, Jimmy and BLG, thank you for the near daily episodes. It can't be easy. That is from Kevin DeFranco. Okay. Kevin D. Franco. sorry, not DeFranco. Um, there was another one here that... Thank you, Kevin. Uh, I guess I'll read the whole thing. Uh, Lou from Vero Beach makes my daily walk enjoyable. I retired to Vero Beach, Florida two years ago from Brigantine and NJ. I walk three miles a day for exercise. I look forward to listening to your podcast each week. I really like the almost daily pods during training camp. I feel like it's the three of us talking Eagles football. You guys really keep me informed with what's happening with the birds. I'm also enjoying Kemsky's interviews with the other reporters who knew he had any friends. I figured BLG <laughs> was friendly with him because he got paid for it. LOL, keep up the good work, Lou from Vero Beach. So uh, funny review there from Lou. We appreciate it, Lou. Thank you, Lou. And I don't know anything about Vero Beach, but Brigantine, underrated shore town, in my really? opinion. Just, just Above north Atlantic of City, right? Atlantic City. Uh, quiet there, uh, oddly enough, because Atlantic City is far from quiet. Um, but yeah, <laughs> underrated place. Decent restaurants there. Good golf course there. It's like a mm. Lynx type golf course. Uh, so you, if you have a chance to get there, uh, it's worth checking out. So leave, you know, a rating review. I'll try to get better about reading them. Uh, we like, I, I like the comment about them saying they feel like it's the three of us. That's, I think that's the goal here is to, to have fun um, and to make it feel like we're all involved. I think that's fun. All right. So 
big pod today, Jimmy. We're my breaking down. The Can Eagles. you hear my daughter screaming downstairs? She I'm listening. Stopped, I guess so. No. Yeah, there's nobody um, being murdered in the background of my house. Just in case any, my daughter just screams sometimes. That's all. <laughs> hmm. Suspicious. Um, all right, Jimmy. We both submitted our rosters. We published them, I should say, before the 9 a.m. Uh-huh. Eastern deadline, which was set um, before that. So we're in. And why don't we start from the top? Or um, Do you have anything you want to say before? Or are we just good to dive nah, in? Yeah, just hop right in. Let's dive right in. We'll touch on, you know, Eagles preseason game three along the way. We'll touch on training camp, MVP, LVP, final point standings play. We'll touch on all of that as we move through this here. I will kind of touch on, bring those things up. Um, but we start with quarterback and uh, Jalen Hurts and Gardner Minshew are the two, right? Spoiler. Yeah, they, they're they going to make the team. But they're the only two. Opinion. <laughs> yeah, so I only had two quarterbacks. Uh, all throughout the all throughout training camp, I had three. I had uh, Hertz, Minshew, and early on, Reed Sinet came out and looked like good in, in practices. Um, he's got tools. He's got a good arm. He's I mean, he's not uh, super mobile, but he's also not a statue. He can move around a little bit. I thought he was primed to make this roster based on his practice performances. And then he just did not play well in any of the three preseason games. He had the one throw against the Browns where you going, okay, well, there it is. There's that. That's what he can do. That's his town. He's got a good arm. Uh, and he, you know, he found Devin Allen deep down the field, uh, but he just didn't do enough in these preseason games. And frankly, it was really bad uh, in the third game against the Dolphins. Um, when I think he really needed to show something in that game to make the roster. But um, the Eagles like keeping three quarterbacks. We've kind of gotten into this all already in, in previous podcast episodes. Uh, but, you know, they, they like keeping three. They kept three in 2021 and 2020 and 2019, uh, 2018. Yeah, they had three the whole year, right? And then 2017, they only... 2017 was the year that they had McGloin. And he was probably going to be the three, but then he sucked. <laughs> so they cut him and they added Sudfeld like midway through the season to the active roster. After yeah, Wentz they had him on the hurt. practice squad at first. 2016 was when they had Bradford, Wentz, and Chase Daniel. And then they they were beneficiaries of Teddy Bridgewater snapping his leg and trading Bradford for a steal. Um, so yeah, but the but point being is they've had three quarterbacks each of the last 28, 29, excuse me, 18, 19, 20, 21. Um, so you don't hit so the desk. Last... You're going to kill people's ears over here. <laughs> Sorry. Each of the last um, four years, they've kept three quarterbacks. And in this COVID era, having three quarterbacks is more important than ever. By my count, 11 different teams uh, needed their third quarterback at some point last year. So I still think they could add one uh, between now and the start of the regular season. But it's not going to be Reed Sinet. He just didn't do enough. I agree. No Sinet. No Carson Strong, surely, who had eight total pass attempts in the preseason. Um, he played, I think, 16 snaps or so. Wait, eight? Or was it eight? Four? I thought it was four. 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 Sorry. Three last yeah, night and, and then one against the Browns. Sn- eight total snaps, I think. it's some. I forget. It's something like that. I forget the count. But the point is, he barely played at all. And that's not 
a case of the Eagles trying to hide him as much as he just was not good and did not warrant snaps. Um, yeah. I don't think the Eagles would mind if he got claimed because then they could get off some of that guaranteed money they owe him. But uh, mm-hmm. well, not all of it, but the salary. Um, so uh, I have two as well. I will get into the Jalen Hurts of it all here a little bit from our training camp standings and whatnot. So um, let the record show, Jimmy, that I did not give Jalen Hurts more than one LVP point. For as much as I am dubbed the Hurts hater, you gave him two. I only gave him one. Also, I gave him one MVP point, and you didn't give him any. So he ultimately finished at a negative one with some other players. Um, You know, not an exact science exactly, but let's just say the other players, just for reference, Kennedy Brooks, Zach McPherson, Derek Barnett, Jack Driscoll, um, Fletcher Cox, John Hightower, uh, kind of a, a, an interesting mix of names. Uh, and then I will also mention that for our consensus stock up, stock down rankings that we have, not our own, the consensus ones that we came to to kind of make it, I think, more even and balanced. Um, he finished with six stock up days, four stock neutral days, and then six stock down days. If you want to include the preseason game in there, that would be seven stock up. So slightly more than the, mm-hmm. the stock down there. Um, that's just the context there. Um, we already had a Jalen Hurts conversation on the last pod, so we don't need to really get into all that again. So two, two for quarterback. We move on to running back. And I think we both have the same of Miles Sanders, Boston Scott, and then Kenneth Gainwell. Yeah, it's cut and dried in my opinion. Um, Jason Huntley had a, what, 67-yard touchdown that's right. run, uh, against the Dolphins, and he showed his speed. I mean, he, that's what he does. He can run fast, and he did a good job staying in bounds. Again, it was against, like, Dolphins third stringers and yeah. third and fourth stringers and probably a little bit too too little too, too little too late, is what I'm trying to say, uh, for, for him. And he's probably going to be back on the practice squad. I don't know that anyone's going to claim him uh, at this point, but clearly it'll be Sanders, Gainwell, and Boston Scott. It's just a matter of are they going to add another guy between now uh, and this? We should mention Kennedy Brooks too, I guess, who had a touchdown run uh, in that mm-hmm. game last night. Got called back because of a penalty, but you know looked looked good enough on that run. Did, again, he didn't do enough uh, throughout training camp in the preseason games to to stamp his ticket to the roster. So he's a guy. He's another guy that could maybe also be back on the practice squad, uh, but to be determined if if they'll add uh, a bigger back or. Uh, if they're not totally comfortable with Kenny Gainwell as the third down back, I think they're probably going to use him that way come hell or high water. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I think that it's probably more likely they add a big back like between the tackles banger type uh, sometime either between now and the regular season or into the regular season is, is, is also a possibility too. Um, I mean, Miles Sanders, it's assumed he's going to be mm-hmm. ready for week one. It was also assumed this time around, you know, 20, what was it? 2020 when he had a hamstring, same injury, hamstring injury. Everyone assumed he was going to be back in time for week one. And then week one rolls around in Washington, doesn't play. They lose that game. Not not necessarily because of he wasn't playing, but it was an injury that lingered and didn't help cost him a game during the regular season. So I guess we'll see on that. But for now, I think it's clear. They're just going to keep the, the initial three guys. It's the three guys. I think Huntley did enough to make the practice squad with that run shows. He has yeah. some ability. Um, I would say, and I don't think the Eagles will do this, and obviously I'm biased as he is my guy, but I think there is some value in elevating him for a game or two throughout the season if you don't need to elevate anyone else. And um, because you get, what, the two elevations per season for a player. 
and mm-hmm. for like a big game where you feel like okay maybe we can take advantage of a weak uh kickoff coverage unit because he is a good returner like you know i think you could mix that in there if you really wanted to uh an extra spark i don't know if they will didn't really do it last year but i think that's something there's something to that like i, I like the idea of using the practice squad for like that kind of use you know what i mean for situations where let's add an extra spark you know it's it's not someone we want to keep on the roster but they have some value maybe in it and they, maybe they can make a play at some point in the season um that's mm-hmm. the value i see in him but yeah i think they keep the three although to your point um, and going back to quarterback real quick, yeah, I would not be surprised if they found another quarterback to keep either after they set the original roster or like they traded for Gardner Minshew. And I'm going to keep an eye on Twitter as mm-hmm. we're doing this podcast on Sunday morning. Um, I would not be surprised if they added a third quarterback even before cutdowns or at some point after. Um, but and same thing with running back. I would not be surprised if they probably maybe after uh, cuts, but uh, we will see about that. So we're, we're, we're in lockstep so far, Jimmy. Let's move on to wide receiver who do you have well i think the i mean there's some debate on the fifth guy i don't think there's a debate at all really personally but the four are etched in stone in terms like aj brown Devonte smith uh quez watkins and uh, zach pascal are 100 in then there's a debate on jalen rager who if the eagles cut him they would need somebody to claim him and pick up his guaranteed money I don't even. I want. Do you do you think if they cut him, there'd be any chance that he just he just didn't get claimed, and the Eagles took a big cap hit for that? I think that's possible, but again, they're not gonna do that. So it's kind of like a it's almost kind of like a non discussion. But just out of curiosity, do you think they? Do you think uh, like he would go unclaimed by the thirty one other teams? I think there's some bad receiving situations out there. And I mean, look at all the money that receivers are getting. Like teams are hungry for wide receivers on market for that position. And I think there could be a team that's out there and desperate and be like, why not? Why not? I mean, would the Jags take, you know, Dougie P since that's Mm -hmm. who apparently wanted him so bad? Uh, Maybe. Um, I think it's, I would say more likely he isn't claimed, but I think there's a reasonable chance he could be like maybe 60% he isn't 40% he is. So, and then the six, so I know that like a lot of people, liked what they saw from Dion Kane uh, in the preseason games. And he had a, he had a couple of nice catches against the Browns. I don't think it mattered what he did against the dolphins. Like if he had another good game, I didn't think he was making the roster anyway, but he got eight targets only had two catches. And uh, he, there were some catches that I thought he could have come up with and didn't in that game. So he's off. Britton Covey didn't do enough uh, in that game. And then the guy that I really struggled with, I, almost put him on. I had him on and then I took him off. Ooh. And that was Devin Allen, who like all throughout camp, I was I was adamant, like, no way this guy's going to make the team. He can't catch. He didn't do anything. He didn't do anything as a receiver. And then he had that long play against the Browns. But then he had those three really nice plays on special teams where he just got down the field in a blink. And teams covet speed. So if you want to make sure you keep that guy one way or the other, whether it's on your roster or your practice squad, the only way to make sure you do it is if you just if you just makes a 53-man roster. Because if they do cut him, I think there's a decent enough chance that some other team would claim him just on his speed. The, the thing I would say that's that's working against him, two things are working against him on that in terms of getting claimed by some other team if he gets cut. One, he's, he turns 28 in December. So he hasn't played football in a long time. We all know the backstory, but he's 20. He's going to be 28 in December. And then also he's got those other outside interests in 
he's an Olympian. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. is he going to compete still in uh, track and field um, and, and hurdling, whatever? Um, so, yeah, I, I would say real quick on that, like, not all 32 teams are going to love that. Like, not every team is going to yeah. be like, that's cool. So, like, if I, if I were to project him to some team, it would be a team that sucks. Like, just it has, like, seven spots that are just they, – they don't love – players on their own team to fill those seven, eight spots or whatever. And they're just looking to claim guys from other teams. But I think you're, if you're doing that, if you're in a rebuilding mode, you're some garbage team, you're not looking for a 28 year old with those outside interests. So that's why I think there's a reasonable enough chance that he does get through waivers and comes back to the team. But again, man, people really covet that speed. So I guess we'll see, but I left him off. You left him off too, right? Yeah, to the point of the Eagles' first practice against the Browns, which was practice, what, number 13, I believe, he mm-hmm. had done nothing in training camp. Like, nothing that you could even remember or pick out. The highlight to me of his training camp at that point was when he jumped over, he hurtled over the Browns player in practice. That was his yeah. biggest highlight of the summer to that point, which isn't much of a highlight at all. Obviously, he did have the touchdown against the Browns. He did have the really good special teams plays against the Dolphins. And I think when you're looking for a player who's going to be more useful in their role, if you're talking about a fifth receiver, a guy who isn't going to play on offense but will play on special teams, I mean, I'd rather have Devin Allen than Jalen Rager. Mm -hmm. That's more value I'm getting out of that spot. Now, obviously, there's the issue of who's the punt returner, but I don't know. Um, uh, Yeah, so I I had to leave him off. I just think he didn't do anything. Like, the the, the flashes were nice, but there was so – there's like – there's just so much more evidence of him doing nothing. I don't think a team is going to use a roster spot on him. Um, See, the things that he did do, though, were publicly visible. Where sure, he didn't do anything was was when it was private. It's such a small sample size, though, too. Like, it's just... <laughs> All right, so but beyond him, I don't think... I do think it's a legit, like, conversation. Is he on the roster? I Yes, I agree yeah. with that. I think it's, it's tough. He made it McLean tough. McLean had him on. Well, credit and credit to Devin Allen for doing that. I think there's also something to be said for there was going to be a learning curve for him being off from football since 2016. He he wasn't mm-hmm. going to come in and dominate right away, um, most likely early in camp. So there could be something too that as we're later here in the summer, he's getting better and he's he's adjusting back to football. I definitely so if the Eagles kept him, I'm not going to criticize it. I think it'd be the right move. I would I, ideally, if I was the GM, I would like to trade Jalen Rigger for what I can get and keep Devin Allen. That would be my move. I would like to do that. Um, but I'm not the GM, unfortunately. Uh, before we wrap up on wide receiver, Jimmy, I wanted to touch on AJ Brown being the training camp MVP alone okay. with four points at the top. Um, Devontae Smith finished in second, tied with Brandon Graham for th- each with three. So pretty good okay. camp for him, despite the fact he missed a lot of time. Yeah. Uh, players who had two, Zach Pascal, Josh Sweat, TJ Edwards, and Mac McCain, which is an anomaly because he had a really good practice on like the second day yeah. and uh, no one else stood out. So it kind of happened last year where Jake Elliott finished with a negative two because he had that one bad practice right, early on, right. as you recall. And there was never an opportunity to give him positive points, really. So, um, you know, the, the again, the standings there aren't like a perfect science, but I think they're uh, on the whole, more often than not, there's a, there's value in it and kind of shows you who had a good camp and who didn't. Who flashed uh, but that's at more, times, at least. Right. That, that's more of an anomaly. But um, that's all. Everyone, by the way, with more than one MVP point that I just listed there. Uh, but how about that? Brown, De- uh, Devontae, and Pascal all finishing in there. Like the Eagles mm-hmm. have some some decent receivers. And then I also note really quick, 
on a related note that if you go for the play of the day roundup, uh, AJ Brown dominated that with yeah, eight points sure. there. Um, Jalen Hurts was second with 4.5. Maddox had four. Devontae Smith, three and a half. That's everyone with more than one point. So those were the top four there. Uh, all right. So long, John Hightower, Deion Kane, Britton Covey, some of the, Greg Ward, kind of a kind of like an underrated goodbye here. Like Greg Ward was a you know nice story and was around for multiple seasons, and now he's just kind of headed out the door. And I don't think Do anyone think really any chance they just keep him. <sighs> yeah, like a low chance. <laughs> Because like I thought about that chance. too. Like that's going to be like one that everyone gets wrong if they just decide. Well, we love him, and he gives you some versatility because he can at least field punts, and we know that would he be is wrong. Slot they just he wouldn't need a training camp necessarily to show what he can do. They know exactly what he is. So I think it's possible he, that they just keep him. I don't. He also it's unlikely. Need, yeah. He also doesn't need a roster spot. I mean, he was a free agent earlier this offseason after they didn't tender him, and no one signed him. Right. And then they signed him right. back to the minimum. So, like, who's coming for him? You can keep him on the practice right. squad it's if true. you really want to keep him around. Um, and he's hurt. Right. <laughs> and he's so hurt. They had an opportunity to sign him when he when he wasn't hurt, and now he is, and they're going to take him now. Yep. I agree. Yep. Uh, so we'll, we'll finish up with the offense before we take a break. We'll move on to tight end, where I think this is pretty cut and dried. See, mm-hmm. I always thought it was cut and dry, I guess, in my mind, but... It's cut and dried. Dried. Yes, I dried. think so. Past tense. Uh, Dallas Goddard, Jack Stoll, and Grant Calcaterra are the three here. Noah Tangiai kind of made a push at one point, I think, while Calcaterra was hurt. But I think Calcaterra has shown enough upside to edge him out. And I think Tangiai is kind of like, a, I would say, like a quadruple A player in baseball. You know, I think there's some players sure. like that on the Eagles roster who, you know, they're they're NFL, like, they're on the fringe, you know, like a fringe mm-hmm. NFL player. It's not like the most ridiculous thing ever if they were taking snaps at some point, but they're also just not good enough to really stick around kind of um, replacement level, I guess, if you will. Uh, yeah. Got to have a big season. Stoll barely played on uh, Saturday night. So he's pretty locked in there. I would say as the second tight end. And then Calcaterra looks good as a pass catcher. He had that holding penalty that wiped out the Kennedy Brooks touchdown run that you mentioned. So not great. I don't think he's really, you know, uh, long for being so much an inline tight end as he is a guy more from the Zacherts mold. You're going to line him out in the slot and he's going to catch passes for you. And I also think he could be a factor in the red zone. I think he could make an impact down there. But uh, I think this is pretty straightforward. And I'm guessing you feel the same way. Yeah, your point on him, the I mean, the the holding call, getting he's he's got a long way to go as a blocker, uh, but he's got receiving chops. We saw that before on, in camp before he got hurt. And then when he came back, he was he kind of picked up where he left off. He can he can catch the ball and, and run with the ball after the catch. So um, they they weren't going to draft that guy to cut him <laughs> just because he missed a bunch of practices in the middle of camp. So yeah, he's in Stoll's in Stoll. By the way, was one of the guys that made the COVID list before Week 18 last year. They didn't have to get tested at that point in the season. He did get tested, got COVID. Didn't play in that game. So he's on a level of importance to the Eagles in their minds that he was worth testing to see if it was to see if he would be held out of that game. Oh, right. Yeah. And sure so enough, he, he could was. be ready for the playoffs. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 So, uh, 
Yeah, I think he's one of those guys that I think the team values more than uh, the the lay person and media people, whatever. Uh, but yeah, he was never in danger of losing his job. And then, as you said, um, Goddard's going to have a big year. If he plays all 17 games this year, I would be shocked if he did not go over 1,000 yards because he got a boatload of targets all throughout camp, consistently every day throughout camp. And if... AJ Brown isn't Hertz's favorite receiver this season. I'd say Goddard is a close two, uh, which may sound you know not great for Devontae Smith. Devontae Smith's gonna get his share of targets too. Uh but yeah, got Dallas Goddard is gonna be heavily used in this offense this year. When you said shocked, I couldn't help but think about how in eighth grade, my English teacher, Mrs. Rogers, no relation to or marriage, to my knowledge, to Mr. Rogers. Um but, I mean, her husband, I guess, was Mr. Rogers. But you know what I mean. Anyway, uh, <laughs> I forget why she said this. Apparently, like, I did something or said something kind of, like, out of character, at least her perception of me. Yeah. And she had this, by the way, she had this really, really, you know, thick, like, Brooklyn accent, which is kind of funny. Uh, and I don't know if I'm going to be able to pull it off here. But she said, Brandon, I am shocked with a capital S. And every time I hear the word shock down, I can only think of with a capital shocked, S. With a capital S. <laughs> so there's a little story for you. Um, I've so yeah, I think I really think Devontae is going to finish third in targets, which kind of bums me out. Um, I think it's going to be close with him and Goddard. I think AJ Brown is guaranteed. Goddard's going to have a huge year. I totally agree. Um, Stola, I think, was kind of like low key disappointing in camp. Like, he didn't mm-hmm. really do a lot that made you feel great. I think the Eagles should be looking at tight end here that get cut. Not to say like you'd instantly replace him, but if you see someone intriguing, definitely like, you know, throw him on the practice squad there. Um, because they could afford to get better there. Although I, 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 I do I agree keep, with that, sure. I think I think they'll keep Tungia in the practice squad, and I think that's fine to have him as your I think guy. I think they're also a team that if there weren't so many difficult decisions already on who to leave off the roster. By the way, we should note that like I think in previous years it was easy to get to like 47, 48 players, 49, and then you're kind of like just putting guys on the roster because you have to have 53. <laughs> Whereas this year, I think you could easily be happy keeping 55 guys and it's hard leaving a few guys off. So uh, in another year where um, there's maybe room, more room on the roster, I, I think they'd be, um, I think this, I think this coaching staff is, you know, wouldn't mind having four tight ends. There just aren't mm-hmm. four tight ends to put on the roster right now. Yeah. All right, so let's move on to our final offensive position here, offensive line. I have the Eagles keeping 10. That is the starters, obviously, Jordan Mailata, Landon Dickerson, Jason Kelsey, Isaac Sumalo, and Lane Johnson. And I'm not going to read into Jurgens not playing on against the Dolphins as a sign that Kelsey will not be ready week one. I think mm-hmm. that was more about... <laughs> like we already saw Cam Jurgens. Yeah, yeah really good. good. He just <laughs> didn't need to be... And, and just, you know, in case... For some reason, Kelsey had some kind of setback. Yes. Like, why risk it? There's just no reason to do that. So I think Kelsey will be fine. He was talking to Spadero on the sideline. All indications there seem to be pretty positive um, for what it's worth. The backups then would be Andre Dillard, Sua Opeta, Cam Jurgens, Jack Anderson, and Jack Driscoll. I think that's pretty locked in. I think they're all making the team. I think the only question here, 
I mean, I, I think you could maybe wonder if Anderson makes it or not. I do. I'm going to guess you do. And then the other question would be, do they find a way to maybe keep Coyote Awashika? Um, yeah. So I was torn between nine or 10 offensive linemen, and it was whether they keep or cut Jack Anderson. Uh, I like a Jack Anderson. He can play all three spots on the interior of the line and, and notably played well at center. Uh, both in the preseason games and also in the week 18 game against the Cowboys last year. He started at right guard in that game. Uh, Brett Toth, who, by the way, is on the pup list. Mm -hmm. um, he started at center, uh, oddly, in that game. <laughs> and he got hurt. And, uh, oh, excuse me. Jason Kelsey started at center in that game, played once now right. and was gone. We then Brett yeah. Toth came in, played center, uh, got hurt, came out. And, and uh, Anderson moved over to center. I didn't even know that he'd been repping at center during the during the regular season. He was totally fine snapping from shotgun, whatever else, and looked fine in that role. So I was impressed with, with the game that he had uh, in that game. So I have him on. Uh, you mentioned Coyote Awashika. I think the argument for him is that he also played tackle. His, pri his primary position is probably guard, but he also played tackle uh, throughout camp, got reps both at right tackle and left tackle, and there's something to be said for that. Um, so. I mean, I, I don't want to, I don't want Coyote Awashika's Coyote Awashika's dreams to be shattered, but I am very much rooting against him to make the roster because if he does, I owe Bo Wolf seven That's sandwiches right. from. Pasta what a Tichios. terrible bet by you! Why would you take that bet? <laughs> the odds on that were terrible. Uh, if he doesn't make the team, I get one sandwich, which yeah, and, uh, probably not the best odds to be given up. Uh, but so that's the argument for him is that he is that. They're they're not deep at tackle, and if they do trade Dillard between now and the start of the regular season, then they may need a tackle. So um, Coyote could be that guy, theoretically. So uh, I don't think Dillard's going anywhere because I think the cost to trade him uh, for other teams around the league is going to be too high. I think teams aren't going to be swayed that Dillard is some kind of star left tackle who's going to come in and change the fortunes of their season or anything like that. And the Eagles aren't going to give them up for nothing because they probably think that they can maybe be Super Bowl contenders this year. So I don't think Dillard's going anywhere. But yeah, I have the same 10 uh, offensive linemen as you. Um, I think Josh Sills is a guy that uh, will stick on the practice squad because he played, I think, uh, four of the five positions uh, throughout camp minus center. So he's got some versatility. Maybe they can work, work with him. Uh, over the, you know over the next year or so, they seem to have a history of keeping guys on the practice squad and Jeff Statlin developing him. So that's my guy on that front to look to look forward to in the future. Uh, but yeah, I, I think it's either going to be nine or ten, and if it is ten, it'll probably be Jack Anderson. Sills was probably like my seventeenth guy on the practice squad. He was a tough cut for me from that really okay. aspect of it. Yeah, I, I thought he did some. Oh, good he didn't make things. the practice squad, huh? No, it was it's tough. Um, did Carson Strong make your practice squad? No, I put Sinet on there. Yeah, so did I. So you didn't keep you didn't keep two then. No, no, definitely okay. not. Okay. Yeah. Um last thing I'll say about the offensive line is that I don't think you really need to keep Coyote if because you're gonna be able to keep Raven Clark on the practice squad, right? So like also even true. if you lose yeah, theoretically, Coyote, yeah. I mean, I don't think anyone's coming for him. Um I think you're fine there. I think you can get Coyote to the practice squad probably. And if you can't, again, okay, well, you lost out on him. You still have LaRaven Clark. And also mm -hmm. you still have all these other depth defensive linemen. And 
Last thing on Dillard, I think his trade value is limited. Yes, by the fact that, you know, he only has one year left on his deal as well. So you're not giving up, you know, a two for a player with one year left. Right. Um, or even a three necessarily. So, uh, although again, I would trade him to the Cowboys. Yeah, <laughs> 100%. Day two He's pick. not and that they good. They will not, but I would do that. It's a no-brainer. Uh, yeah. I, I just want to do a just that. He, he, he would not play. save their season. No. All right. So let's take a break here, Jimmy. But before we do, why don't we hear about Kristen Roach of Roach Realtors and RoachRealtors.com. Her phone number, if you want to call or text her, if you are looking to buy, uh, buy, not buy, buy or sell your house, uh, is 856-906-9295. Again, 856-906-9295. Voted by God as the best realtor in the history of the universe. High praise from God. Uh, call Kristen Roach. Thank you, Brandon. I want to buy your house. That's uh, <laughs> Dracula getting into the real estate market. Uh, we'll be back after this. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering, so you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this show comes from Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence and Loom help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. That's why millions of teams around the world, including 75% of the Fortune 500, trust Atlassian software for everything from space exploration and green energy to delivering pizzas and podcasts. Whether you're a team of two, 200 or 2 million, or whether your team is around the corner or on another continent altogether, Atlassian Software is built to help keep you all on the same page from start to finish. That way, every one of your teams, from engineering and IT to marketing, HR and legal, can stay connected and move together as one towards shared company-wide goals. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com. That's A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. Back here on BGN Radio, projecting the Eagles' 53-player roster. We're moving on to the defensive side of the ball now. Defensive end. I think this is, there isn't even a lot to say here. Like it's Brandon Graham, it's Josh Sweat, it's Derek Barnett, and it's Teron Jackson. Those are your four. Boom. Done. Yep. 
Next. Matt Leo is <laughs> Matt exempt. Leo will be, on, be, yeah, right. He's Practice Stephen Means, basically, and... now. He's like a guy who can give them, I mean, he is in terms of a like, guy who gives them practice reps. He can go hard and practice. He yeah. had the fumble recovery. Good for him. This is the only time of the year he actually gets to play at all. Um, I think it's, it's Brandon Graham had a great camp, as I mentioned. Uh, Teron Jackson, I think, is a big upgrade over Ryan Kerrigan. That's, yes. that's all I've got. All right. Yeah, it, it's it's very simple. And Josh Sweat will get to play because they beefed up their numbers on the interior of their defensive line. And also Brandon Graham is back. Uh, Josh Sweat is going to start on that, you know, sort of more outside Mm -hmm. linebacker type role. Um, Whereas last year he was playing out of position in that, you know, that four eye role. Um, Not, not solely, but got probably, and I think like anytime he played there, (laughs) you know, they're, they're not really doing they weren't they weren't helping Josh sweat much by playing him in that position, although he had kind of had to play there out of necessity. So I get it. But um, interior defensive line. So well, true or false. Uh, one I, last thing on defensive end. Yes. Uh, true or false. Dar- Derek Barnett will play more snaps than people are comfortable with him playing. Yes. Okay. <laughs> yes. I think he's going to play more than than the uh, the fan base would would like. Yes. OK. Just wanted to get that in there. Yes. Defensive tackle. Why don't you take us through this? So. um your starters are going to be Fletcher Cox and Javon Hargrave, of course. Uh, Jordan Davis is going to play plenty. Milton Williams, I thought, didn't have a very good camp. He was very quiet, didn't do much in the preseason games. Um, I would have liked to see more progression from a guy like him in his second year with the athleticism that he has. And he flashed at times last year, uh, but he really didn't. I mean, I didn't really see him take a big step forward. We'll see how it goes during the regular season. And then uh, Marlon Tui Pelotu, who we both um, sort of crowned at one time or another during training camp as the most improved player from last year to this year. I don't know if I still think that he's at a minimum. He's still up there. Like I maybe would have liked to have seen a little more from him in the preseason games, but he was fine. It was a very uh, low bar to clear. What's that? It was a very low bar for him to clear. I, I think the one guy that in other years would have made the roster is Marvin Wilson, who Big had Marv. a good camp. Big Marv. He, he balled out both yeah, in practices and, and at times in the game, like look good. So he's a guy that I think is sort of on waiver claim watch. Mm. He's a guy that maybe yes. could be claimed by some other team out there, but the, but or in terms of making, maybe the you can trade him. They could. Yeah, that's possible. Like, but in they, terms they, of they traded Matt Pryor. What's that? <laughs> they traded Matt Pryor. Maybe you can trade Big Marv. That's true. So yeah, but in terms of fifty three, there just isn't enough room for him uh, yeah. on the on the roster. Do you do you kind of have? You, I'm guessing you probably have the same five. Yeah, the five Marlon Tui Pelotu, Mister T, as I call him, only played like eight snaps or so on in the Dolphins game. Yeah. So this further sign like he's not in any danger. He's locked in. Well, Milton Williams barely barely played. They're all locked in. Yeah, they're they're locked in with the five. It's a deep group. Um, I do think Big Marv is. May have some trade value. I mean, he's pretty young too, if I'm not mistaken. Um, let me look that up real quick. I'm pretty sure he, yeah, he only turns 24 in like a week from now. So you know, there's upside there. I think uh, a team that's very light at defensive tackle would do well to claim him or trade. You know, do basically kind of like the Ugo Amadi trade where the Eagles trade. Uh, well, now they can't do that, but although they could trade a future, another different future seventh, um, and maybe get a six in return, something like that, mm-hmm. something minor. Uh, and even like Kobe the, Smith, they could trade somebody with with a six, 
uh, for a five and just keep working their way up until they have a first round pick. <laughs> like the red paperclip. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> That's right. I thought Kobe Smith had like a decent summer too. Um, so you can keep him on the practice squad if you don't, if you're not able to keep big Marv and that's fine. Um, and even like Rennell Wren, I don't, I don't think I saw him do a ton, but like he seemed solid, he seemed fine. So pretty good job by the Eagles when it came to the interior defensive line this mm-hmm. off season, we'll move over to the Sam linebacker position now where, I mean, also pretty straightforward. It's the, they're the only players who play Sam on the roster, right? Yeah. It's Hassan Reddick. Patrick Johnson, who had a really nice sack against the Dolphins starting right tackle, Austin Dumb Jackson, <laughs> on Saturday night. And then Kyron Johnson, who I also thought was very active in that game. I believe he might have ended up leading the Eagles in tackles, if he I'm not mistaken. He, yeah, he did. And five of them, yeah. five were solo. And they weren't just like garbage tackles, too. Like he was like running around, hustling, uh, making plays. He pressured Skylar Thompson, I believe, into a, a throwaway at one point. Mm-hmm. Almost got a sack on him. Like he was, he was, he's definitely done enough to be like, oh, those are good flashes there. He deserves to be on the team as a developmental guy. Obviously, it's a draft pick. They weren't going to cut him. Um, mm-hmm. I do think they could afford to add like another Sam guy to the practice squad because they don't really have anyone behind those three. But I think those are the three. Yeah, they did have Ali Fayad, who was one of their yeah. first cuts. Uh, he was sort of playing that position. But yeah, that that's that's an easy that's an easy group to to figure out. Reddick, um, I, I think Patrick Johnson is number two, uh, is the number two behind him, and then Kyron yep. Johnson, as you said, uh, I I thought he was really slow to show anything at all uh, early in camp, but then he started picking it up toward the end of camp, and then in the preseason games, um, he's got a lot of energy. He plays with energy, which uh, mm-hmm. uh, energy and enthusiasm, I would say, from Kyron Johnson. Uh, so yeah, he he's kind of like a one of those got one of those plugger types, but uh, with athleticism, he's just undersized. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see if he gets any playing time during the regular season, and if he's active on game day, like as a special teamer. But he's certainly going to be on the roster. What's a plugger type? Yeah, like just a guy that like plays hard, is like a hustler. Is that um, what people say? I've never heard that big, term. Big motor. Yeah, I think so. Does he have a boat in his gut? <laughs> Maybe a plugger is like a bigger guy who plays hard. So maybe that mm. doesn't fit him. I'm going to have to check. Like a my, plugger is like a run stuffing defensive tackle. I'm going to have to check my, my football guy uh, mm. uh, di- uh, dictionary. <laughs> uh, I couldn't even think yep. of the word dictionary. So uh, <laughs> so may, maybe I'm maybe not the best the, judge of what source. words means right now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. We'll move on to linebacker, off ball linebacker. TJ Edwards and Kaiser White are your starting linebackers. There's no question about it. Both guys had pretty good summers. Um, they're the top two guys. Nicobe Dean looked good against the Jets. Thought outside of that, kind of quiet. Didn't do a ton. Uh, had one nice moment against the Browns in practice that I remember. I do think we could see more out of him in the regular season games, especially yeah. as a role player. I'm really interested to see what he brings as a pass rusher, like being able to use him in that way, because I thought he was really good at that at Georgia. So I'm intrigued by that. Uh, Sean Bradley, solid backup, special teams guy, clearly fits in. And then Davion Taylor, (laughs) who who did not look good (laughs) again for the most part on Saturday night. But I I think they're going to keep him. Do you? Yeah, they're going to keep him. He's a third round pick. And and to be clear, like they're not keeping how he wouldn't keep a guy like that because he's going to get criticized for making a bad pick and then losing him. They just think, you know, more highly of 
these players than we do. They liked him when they picked him and they saw something in him when they picked him. And they think he could be something. And he was sort of a developmental guy to begin with. Um, you know, we all know his background with, uh, you know, him barely playing at all in high school. Only he played a couple years in college. So he's way behind uh, other players in terms of experience entering the NFL. So they're going to give him time, whether they should or not. Because I don't think he's deserving a roster spot. But Kayvon Wallace, too. We'll get to him. Mm. But oh, we'll those get to two him. draft picks from the 2020 draft, Davion Taylor being a third-round pick and Kayvon being a fourth-round pick, I don't think they've made this roster on merit, but I think they're both going to make it. Um, Taylor was brutal in that second preseason game against the Browns uh, on Saturday night against the Dolphins. Again, I agree with you. I don't think he was good. But um, they kind of do need five linebackers, I think. So um, it makes, I mean, you're not going to keep Jacoby Stevens, who was also terrible uh, in that Dolphins game. Christian Ellis is the only other linebacker uh, on the roster. He's never really had a chance of making the team. So, yeah, those are the clear five. Um, And I think the linebackers are, I don't think it's totally solved necessarily. Like they, I think that's a position that could still be addressed in future years, but I think they're a lot better off this year than they have been just in, just in, in terms of TJ Edwards being in his fourth year and, and playing really well and sort of staying as the Eagles best linebacker. He had a great camp and Kaiser white showing plenty uh, during training camp, both in terms of his speed. And I thought he showed, um, you know, some, zone coverage chops and he knows where he needs to be and he knows what he's doing uh can can read the opposing quarterback so i feel better about that that starting group than than certainly i did last year with with uh eric wilson <laughs> who like did not have a good camp and and uh did not play well in the regular season was quickly cut but yeah this is a better linebacker group than we're used to but yeah th- those are the clear five in my opinion tj edwards a free agent after this season um Kaiser White, a free agent after the season. So by no means <laughs> settled long-term, I do think it's possible both of those players, at least one, will warrant a contract extension. Sure. Obviously, N'Kobe Dean might develop into a potential starter, but has not by any means proven he is capable of doing that just yet. So, yeah, I don't definitely don't know about the long-term, but in the short-term, I think they're, they, I agree they are better there. Now, I feel like that's something we say almost annually, or at least like in the past it's been, well, it can't be as bad as it was last year. So uh, it would be nice to actually see that before we totally 100% buy in. But I do agree. It's trending in a good way. I do think they keep Taylor because you kind of have to keep five. And the tough thing about Davion is, like, I think he has the right mindset and a good attitude. He doesn't have big loser energy. I think that's very important. I think you yes. would agree with that. He works um, hard. It, He's a nice guy. And his teammates seem to like him. There's nothing. There's nothing wrong with him mentally. Right. And I think that kind of buys you a little bit of time in that, like, okay, maybe he's playing through some struggles right now. Like, maybe he can get back on track. He did look good earlier in training camp, at least I thought. I think you did, too. Um, mm-hmm. So, like, may, you, you hold out some hope as opposed to if, like, this guy declined and also he's kind of a jerk or he's not locked in. Um, like, kind of, honestly, like, Travis Fulgham was not locked in, I would say, <laughs> fully last year. And that's a, that's a yeah. reason why, we're like, if it's tough or if it's close, you can't bet on a guy like that because you don't th- you don't have the faith they're going to turn the corner or bounce back. So I think with Davion, they're going to have that and they're going to keep him around. And I think with the tools, you know, the athleticism is has uh, he has like I'm not totally ready to give up on him. I think 
I totally agree. Things are not trending in a good way. And mm-hmm. if they cut him, I wouldn't be outraged. But I think you you can kind of salvage. I think there's something to salvage maybe there. I think it's fair. Although at the same time, the Eagles should be looking for upgrades. If they can find, you know, something on the waiver wire or somewhere or a trade, I would, I would be in looking into that. Let's move on to cornerback where the Eagles have a very, the best starting trio they've had since a decent amount of time ago, right? I mean, Darius Slay, James Bradbury, Avante Maddox, they're locked in. Mm-hmm. Eagles didn't even play Zach McPherson uh, last night. Which oh, I didn't, was they, a he didn't play at all? Okay. Nope, didn't play at all. So they're Josh clearly Job, although that was more injury related. Yes. So that's who I have the Eagles keeping is Slay, Bradbury, Maddox, McPherson, and Job. What about you? Yeah, same. And you know, the Eagles had thrown a lot of uh, cornerbacks against the wall and were, you know, I think the strategy was throw a lot of guys against the wall, see who sticks. And of those guys, like the seven or eight guys, I guess that you'd put in that group, you could also maybe include McPherson in there, though. I don't think he was ever in any kind of danger. No. Um, Job was the guy that clearly stood out at all. <laughs> like the other guys did nothing. Carrie Vincent terrible in the preseason. Can we get games. into that a little bit really quick? I know it's <laughs> sure it's picking nits here. I know I'm not the first one to do it, but I did at the time I was looking back at my article for bleedingreadnation.com back when the Eagles traded for Kerry Vincent Jr. Yeah. ahead of the deadline. And actually funny enough, it was kind of after the deadline happened. Like it was after four o'clock that that got announced. So I was like, mm-hmm. oh the Eagles didn't do anything. Actually they traded a six round pick in I believe it was this year's draft, 2022, mm-hmm. for Kerry Vincent Jr., who was a seventh-round pick by the Denver Broncos yeah, last weird. year. And I can't believe I'm about to say this, Jimmy. Listen to the words that are about to come out of my mouth. In defense of the Gennard Avery trade, <gasps> in defense of that trade, Gennard Avery played in the NFL, and he had like four and a half sacks or whatever as a rookie. Like He kind of showed something. Yeah. And then didn't play in his second year. And then the Eagles traded for him, I guess, with the idea that he wasn't being used right. Or maybe there was some untapped potential there. So they gave up a 2021 fourth for Avery, who was a 2019 fifth. I still don't think that makes sense. And that was dumb. But at least you can be like, okay, he showed something. So we value him a little bit more now than we did. Or we really liked him in the draft. We want to get him. With Kerry Vincent Jr., he didn't play at all. He didn't play at all. To the like up, up until the Eagles acquired him, he was like inactive or whatever for the Broncos. So, what did they possibly like see that they had to get <laughs> they had to give up a draft pick and around higher? Like, what, like what, how does that make any sense to do that? It's, it's, it's you're just lighting a draft pick on fire. Is it the biggest deal in the world? No, it's not. It's really not. But I just like make it make sense. What, how does it make any sense? <laughs> And they last thing they had Gowan and McCain on the roster already. It wasn't like they didn't have any young develop and Josiah right. Scott as well. It's like they didn't. It's not like they didn't have any young guys. For some reason, they had to make a move for him. Perplexing. And also that seven round that seventh round pick was in uh, a draft that was thought to be very thin because mm-hmm. it was the COVID year and a lot of guys uh, just stayed in school. Good point. Because they their college their final co- what would have been their final college se- uh, season otherwise. Uh, was cut short, so they wanted to come back and get a full college. They actually they extended eligibility for college football players, 
Um, and then the, this past draft in 2022 was thought to be super deep because a lot of guys that didn't come out finally did. So, so uh, yeah, I agree that that was sort of a weird trade. Tay Allen also didn't do anything. It was very like grabby and handsy and uh, both in, in, we, I mean, we saw it in practice and then that translated over into the games. He had the pass interference call on Saturday night against the Dolphins. Mac McCain, I mean, poor Mac McCain, Rip. you throw him out there in the slot. And he's got to cover Tyreek Hill, <laughs> just blew right by him. But man, you poor guy, you putting him up against the fastest guy in the NFL, <laughs> expecting him to cover that guy. That didn't go didn't go well for Kayvon Wallace either. But yeah, in terms of uh, the five corners that um, are likely to stick, certainly the top four are going to be, uh, you know, Slay Maddox, um, Bradbury, and McPherson. Job isn't a lock. I have him in. You have well, him the in. injury. We don't know how severe it is. So uh, I talked to McLean this morning. He didn't Jeff have McLean. one because he mm. thought maybe he could get IR'd. I don't know that. Like, I don't like, know that. He, I, so let's be clear. IR'd before the 53, which means you'd be out for the season year. over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know how – so if you have like a minor injury, the, you have to kind of get agreement from the player to, to put him on IR. So right. You can't just IR him if he's not that hurt because, the, the, you know, it raises issues with the NFLPA, blah, 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 blah. Um, I don't know that I'd be willing to sit out a season if I'm Josh Job and I think I earned my way onto the team. It's upper <laughs> yeah, body so. too. It's not like an ACL seemingly. It's like a shoulder. I don't know. He uh, – was it Elbow? Or it's, it's something with his arm. It's upper body. Yeah. My point is, I don't think it's something that would cost him this season. Right, right. Yeah, it's not like it's uh, like a high ankle sprain or something like that where he's going to be definitely out for a while. Or a knee, um, yeah. So, yeah, I have him on. Uh, but we'll see. Oh, Jimmy Let's move on to safety. You're frozen. Are you going to come back? You're back. I'm back. Sorry. Yeah. Okay. All right. Let's move on. So, to, I'm in my... I'm at my parent. I'm at my mother's house, so uh, it's not... Uh, the, the, I have one last thing. On the carry okay. Jr. <laughs> my new my new bit. Beat to that rail dead against. horse, BLG. I but this is a relevant point. I think this is a good point by me. Okay. So Kerry <laughs> Vincent Jr. Point by me. <laughs> this is a good point. Everyone listen up. Pay attention. If you're driving, you know, like really lock Just in what I'm over. saying. Yeah, pull over. <laughs> Write this down. Screen record record this. Uh so Kerry Vincent Jr. was taken at two thirty seven overall. All right, two thirty seven. Mm-hmm. You know, that is after 224, Jacoby Stevens, and 234, Patrick Johnson. So you didn't even like him enough to take him with one of those two picks in the <laughs> right. seventh round or late right. six, whatever. Like, so then why, if you don't like that guy enough to take him at that point, then why would you like them when he when he didn't play at all later and also, to give up a six-round pick in the future? That doesn't make any sense. I'm going to take that a step further, too. They didn't even like really love Jacoby Stevens when they took him because if you recall, Tay Gowan got taken like a couple picks before, like either oh, the pick right. before him or two or three picks before him, and they were bummed out by that, and they were adamant that he be included in the Zach Ertz trade because they missed out on him. So they just went, "All right, well, we'll take Jacoby Stevens," and uh, instead of Carrie Vincent, who apparently they they now covet later. Carrie Vincent had a bad summer. Unfortunately for him, look good in the spring yeah. in the two practices. I did say I thought he was going to be like the guy who stood out from that group. He mm-hmm. did stand out, but not in a good way. Not in a good at way. All. So yeah. 
All right. I know people are going to like, oh, are you railing on that? It's just, it's not the biggest deal. But <laughs> I, I just want to know. Like, someone give me the answer why it makes sense. I, We're being thorough. It's, it's the same thing with the Flacco thing. It's not that it was the biggest deal in the world. It's just like, make it make any sense at all. Like, I want to yeah. see the sense in it. I just see no sense in it. Anyway, uh, Harry Roseman has done a good job overall. And I think he is, he is coming back into my good graces. So. There you go. He has to get the quarterback <laughs> position right. Which, to Howie. which is big. Yeah, I know he's listening. I know he cares. Um Mac McKean or sorry, Mario Goodrich had a really bad missed tackle, by the way. I just wanted mm-hmm. to point that out against the Dolphins. Um safety. This is to me, this is like I think where the roster competitions might be won and lost. Oh, Although yeah. I mean the tie the tiebreaker practice squad could be what it is. But this is this is tough, is my point here. Marcus Epps. You got to get this right Eagles. to even have the right to have a, 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 a face-off on the practice squad. You've got to fight for your right to party. Uh, Marcus Epps is the Eagles' most inspiring safety option, I would say, which is it's funny we've reached that point because if you said that once upon a time, people would be like, oh, no. Uh, and it is still kind of a no-no. Anthony Harris didn't do anything this offseason, but they're not cutting him. I mean, He's he's the one leading the huddle prior to games. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. like he's not going anywhere, uh, and the coaching staff has a history with him from Minnesota. Kayvon Wallace should not make this team. He should, in no way should he make this roster. Kayvon Wallace has like Reed Blankenship has done more in this summer alone than Kayvon Wallace has done in what three years now with the Eagles. I feel very confidently saying that, and that's and I'm including regular season too. One summer versus three years, including regular season games. I've seen nothing. From Kevin, I mean, I'm, Kevin Wallace did have like a couple. Apparently, he looked good against the Browns. I didn't really see that because I wasn't watching the defense that day. Um, he had like a moment or two in camp, but the bad way outweighed the good, both in camp and the preseason games. And I can't believe I have him sticking on here because I don't want it to be true, but I do because I think they're going to keep him. So I have just let me read them all. I have Epps, Harris, Wallace, Josiah Scott, who was hurt, and Andre Shashray, who was also hurt. I think the Eagles might IR both Scott and or Sachere, depending on the severity of their injuries. That's my after they thinking. make the fifty three. After they make the fifty three, yes, and okay. then maybe they bring back Jaquaski Tart at that point. Um, maybe they bring back Kayvon Wallace at that point, assuming he goes unclaimed. Uh, maybe they add Reed Blankenship, something like that. Uh, what do you have? So this is the only area where we differed in in our fifty three, which is boring, wow. but it's uh, <laughs> I when, I, when I when I clicked on your 53 before the podcast, I was like, oh man, this is going to be, this, we, we're not going to, we have no disagreement. That's no fun. But yeah, so I have uh, Reed Blankenship making the team and I don't have Andre Sachery making the team. Um, my logic on that is Sachery is on a sixth team <laughs> in the NFL and this is his fifth season. So that's not a guy that I think other teams are going to be sort of, uh, you know, fumbling over to claim on waivers if the Eagles uh, do, you know, cut him. I think they can easily bring him back, particularly if they can't trade Dillard or Rager before the deadline to make their cuts. So uh, you can easily just bring him back, I think, after cuts when a roster spot opens back up. So he, when I look at him, Josiah Scott, Reed Blankenship, Kayvon Wallace, He's the guy I feel most comfortable gets through waivers. So that's why I had him not on and I had those other three guys on. One thing I'll note about Kayvon Wallace <laughs> from that Dolphins game, 
And we said how he, you know, Tyree Kill blew right by Mac McCain, as you would expect. Kayvon Wallace saw that coming and he started booking back toward his own end zone well before Tyree Kill reached him. And it, it almost looked like when Rich Eisen runs the 40 and then NFL Network superimposes other fast guys. They, they give like Rich Eisen like a, a 10 yard head start in the 40 and then they superimpose like other fast guys just easily overtaking him <laughs> by the time they reach the finish line. That's what that Tyree Kill play looked like just running right past Kayvon Wallace. So Kayvon Wallace can't really play center field. He just doesn't have that kind of range or speed. But then also he's not a really good tackler either. He's like an ankle diver. So what exactly is he giving you? I don't get it. I, I don't I don't get why And he's not he a special teams guy. The, I, I don't get it. I don't get it. But I think he's gonna make the team. So <laughs> <laughs> I have so I have him on. I'm not going to get it wrong because I don't because I don't think he should be on the team, but uh, I have him on there. So yeah, I have I have uh, five safeties. Uh, I guess the, the the two that we differ on is you have Sashray, I have Blankenship. I don't think there's any reason to keep Jaquaski. Like, why would you need to keep him? Like he he was a free agent until late June. You signed him to what a one million minimum ish kind of deal. Mm-hmm. We only guaranteed like half a mil or so. Very small guarantee. Yeah. Who was like coming after him who's like we got to have Jaquaski guitar it was interesting because on one hand he's playing in the final preseason game at all which isn't like a good sign typically for someone right. of his ilk for a vet but he did, yeah but he didn't play a ton and he didn't play late into the game which seems to be like kind of a better sign for him but then again <laughs> yeah and this is a very specific reference but i remember like orlando skandrick didn't play a ton in the final preseason game when mm-hmm. he eventually like was brought back after week one in 2019 or whatever it right. is so I mean, I don't think you necessarily have to do the the post week one thing with him in terms of not guaranteeing his salary. He's not making a ton anyway, but I think you can like he's not going to get picked up, especially if you're like, hey, Tukowski, like sit tight. We're going to resign you. We just need to kind of work the roster a little bit here and we'll bring you back. Like I, like, I think he would be cool with that. Why not? Um, it's not like, again, I don't think he has a bunch of other offers at his door, so I don't really see the sense in keeping him. Maybe they could, but I don't really get it. And I think Reed Blankenship, I'm very bummed that I don't have him on my roster because I think he's done everything he reasonably could have done to make the team. I don't think there's anything else he like he he could have done that he didn't do. I think he looked good. He played a ton on special teams. I didn't see him like necessarily pop there a ton, but I don't think he was bad there either. And he was good on defense every time. He, he made plays against the Dolphins last night. He had that really big tackle. He came up in the flat and like power bombed uh like put a spine buster on a, a running back and then he had that uh play where he ranged over i forget who i think it was um i forget who caught it but it was like a catch and run and the guy would have gone for a touchdown if it wasn't for reed blankenship ranging over and knocking him out of bounds like i think he's a, a really heady player he's made plays in coverage he's made plays in run defense i think he can do it all in a position you're so thin at and could use some upside in addition to like help now makes all the sense in the world to me to keep Blankenship, who, again, I will repeat, has outplayed Kayvon Wallace to this point in their careers. I have breaking news, Brandon. Uh-oh. My sister just sent me a text. She took my she took my daughter to the Surf City 5 and 10 wow. in Surf City, New Jersey. And they have a huge display there of righteous felon craft jerky. Holy moly. They, they have Baby Blues Barbecue. Victorious B.I.G. 
Fal Capone, mm. Nelson Mandela, Truffalo Bill. Yep. Uh, Maryland Monroe. That's Bourbon one of my Franklin. Faves. Another one of my faves. That's all I can see. She cut it. She doesn't have the bottom row. Oh, and there's the uh, there's the habanero meat meat stick. That's a spicy one. The barbecue seasoned meat stick, and then the hickory meat stick is empty. So somebody oh, wow. housed those. Uh, but yeah, a huge display at the Surf City Five and Ten. So the I also, people in Long Beach Island are gobbling up meat snacks like it's going out of style. They're good. And uh, at Trey Waddle seven 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 on Twitter tweeted me this week with a picture that he found from somewhere in a store. He sent me specifically a picture of the baby blues or maybe from inventory. Okay. I can't tell if this is a story. Didn't really. Oh, I think he bought it. This is the context. So shout out to Trey for buying it. Again, my my thing with righteous felon craft jerky, and this wasn't even a planned ad read. This happened. This no, just got this no text I'm telling you, said, I just got this text right now. <laughs> very organic. My story <laughs> with righteous felon, my story is that I was never a beef jerky guy. I've had it, but I was getting the kinds from like you would just get at you know the more generic kinds. Let's say at a store, a grocery store, or a gas station that you could just find you know anywhere. The more wide ranging generic kinds. And they're not good is my thing. Like they just, I was never impressed by them. I, I wanted to like them. It seems like something I would like. They were surrounded by other snacks I did like, but they were, I was like, this is not for me. Then I had right to smell craft jerky. And I was like, I was a little skeptical before I had it. So I'm like, man, is this going to be the same experience? And it wasn't to me. It was much better. And I'm not saying that just because they pay us. I genuinely, I don't mess around with food. When I like something, I tell you that I like it. And Righteous Felon is worth believing in. So this can go to BGN20 for 20% off your order. That See, that's the move, though. Like, maybe you're like, I don't trust BLG. He has bad opinions, weird opinions. Okay, find it in the wild, like Jimmy just said. Try it for mm-hmm. yourself. Try a bag. And then if you want to get, like, a bunch in bulk because you like it, and you will, then you can use the discount code. Boom. That's how you do it. Uh, all right. So... I think that's it in the safety position. Well, special right? teams we still have to get to. Yes, but uh, we're done with the safety. They are all running opposed. Uh, oh, yeah. Sa- well, I think we're done with safety, right? Yeah, we're done with safety. So special piece. teams, Jake Elliott is the kicker. Aaron Sipos had a good game, right, in the preseason mm-hmm. finale. Yeah, I thought so. Yeah. He had, I think, what? It was like five total punts, four were in uh, downed. It was either six punts, five downed in the 20, or five and four. Either yeah, way, the one where he game. was blasting it away for distance was fine. That was a fine punt. Yeah, as long as um, we already what, knew 62? he could two. Yeah, something like yeah. that. We we, we already 62. knew he could like we already knew he was good at um pin them deep punts. And Rick Rick Lovato threw the ball through his legs with speed and precision. So uh <laughs> do you think they pull off the maneuver that they did last year where they I don't, cut Rick Lovato no. temporarily? I well, didn't project see, it, but it is possible. Hit they would take if they did that. I mean, they can just bring him back, though. Did they do that last year? Yeah, they did it last year, right? So this is how it worked. So the order of operations was important because it was reported, I think, before the Flacco trade that they had claimed Sinet. So they had four quarterbacks for a little bit there. At least it seemed like they did. But um, because of the timing and everything, uh, they ended up trading Flacco, and they needed the roster spot before uh, he was... Flacco was officially traded, so they had to cut Lovato to add Sinet. Then they traded Flacco. Then they brought back Lovato. Is how it worked. There was no and there was zero hit. dead money. 
Yeah, so no, they can absolutely yeah, no do dead that. money if you cut. Well, okay, so they did take a cap hit on him though when they did that last year, three hundred seventy-five thousand dollars. But that's why they could do it again, right? Is because they already took the hit. Yeah, right. So they could do they could do that again if they wanted to. Shit, I should have thought of that. Did anyone think of that? Hold on, let me see. I had it Bo in my sent out. Elliot did it. Elliot ESP apparently did that. I was thinking about it, but I don't know if they want to do that though. You know what I mean? Like, is there is there kind of like a limit on that in terms of what the league like frowns upon? EJ did it too. Okay, but you know what I'm EJ, saying there, Elliot, and that's it. Don't you think the league might kind of be like, mm, like, don't do that, <laughs> like, don't keep doing well, that? Well, no, that's... because of some some other. T- I mean, there's risk in it in theory. They cut him, and then some team said, "We'll give you five million a year." And he's bye, Eagles. <laughs> so right. I guess that's possible. They're playing with they're playing within the rules. Okay. Yeah, I just don't know that they need to do it. I think they can kind of work around what they. I mean, they if they really want to, they could. But I don't know that they need to do that. Yeah, I want to mention here back before the start of the season, anyway. Yeah. Because it's not possible. Go, like, there's no there's no benefit in terms of um, you know. Uh, like not having him, not having his salary guaranteed for the season because you need him for the full season anyway. Yes, um, I want to give credit to our good friend Eagles Nut Greg, who Greg Richards, who pointed that out. He was the first to point that out with Lovato this off season that I saw. Um, real quickly, I wanted to get into the LVP, like the the people at the bottom of the LVP table. This is net points, by the way, too. The only person who was impacted by the net, like who had positive and negative, was actually Jalen Hurts. Um, but the bottom, the people with more than one LVP point. So these are like negative points in my standings. We have Jaquaski Tart with 1.5. Mm-hmm. Yep. Davion Taylor with two. Okay. LaRaven La- La- Clark with two. Jalen Rager with two. Those were earlier in camp. All deserved. Yeah. Carson Strong with two. Yep. <laughs> Kayvon Wallace with two and a half. Mm-hmm. Kenneth Gainwell with minus three. Tough. Okay. Who do you think is dead last? Hmm. with five negative five he did kind of get a little unfairly dinged on the last day of training camp i had to give it i gave him well, an LVP it wasn't jalen hurts was it instead of hurts oh it, uh minshew it was gardner minshew yeah he yeah, finished okay. so he, he, he was best. good in the preseason by the way so uh he was better i, I thought overall like he, he did have the pick six that shit that should have been pick six rather uh against the browns Do you know terrible throw but he was good otherwise that, in that game in that game the browns game i think he ended up with like a passer rating of 103 something like that yeah 110 if he had that pick do you know what it would drop to like 60 something probably 77 it would have dropped yeah, okay. to like so that's like a big swing like just that pick <laughs> yes. if that happened like that would very much change the outlook of a lot but whatever yeah. he's fine he's he is what he is he's a quarterback too he's a good back more yep nothing more he can win you games if hurts goes down I agree. Um, all right. So that is the roster. Eagles 53-man roster projection. Why don't we take another quick break? Because then we'll get into the practice squad, which maybe some people want to tune out. But don't. Because it's important. So before we do that, I already we, I don't need to do another right to sell on app read. But I'll just say com discount code BGN20, 20% off. Jimmy? Mm, yes. Are you telling we'll me to read my Christian Roach thing again now? Back. No. Oh. <laughs> Throwing us the break. Oh, we're still, the show is still going on? Okay, yeah, we're going to do the practice this. squad after the break. Oh, oh, yeah, practice squad. Okay, back after this. Okay. <laughs> 
Chris the Roach of Road Trail Tours. Road Trail Tours. Road Trail Tours. Chris the Roach of Road Trail Tours. She's the greatest. 856-906-9295. 856-906-9295. Nine, two. Back here on BGN Radio, where my co-host is totally lost in the wilderness here. Uh, Jimmy, it's time for the practice squad. I don't think I actually looked at yours. I mean, we should note quickly, again, Tyree Jackson, Brett Toth are on the reserve PUP. Notice Tyree Jackson doing some running in the Eagles' final practice against the Dolphins. I would guess he's a little bit closer to returning than Toth is. But, of course, it kind of depends when the Eagles actually want to activate them, slash if they want to activate them. Uh, yeah, they're they're better they're, off hanging out on the practice or on, on the uh, on the pup list for a while. Yep. They can be activated as needed after week four for injuries that may arise, availability issues, whatnot. Practice squad. So the Eagles can have 16 players. And they also get Matt Leo, who is exempt, doesn't count towards the limit. We'll throw him in. Yep. Uh, how do you want to do this? Just read the full thing? Yeah, just read yours. Okay. I have Reed Sinet, Jason mm-hmm. Huntley. Same, Kennedy, same. Kenny Brooks. Same. Deion Kane. Same. Uh, Sirianni guy. John Hightower. I don't have him. Hmm. Thought he did decent against the Dolphins. Jalen Hurts mentioned, singled him out. Yeah, that was really a, a bizarre. Recent, right? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, but when that kind of leads I was like, me to believe he might. That, that might that might be enough for him to stick on the practice squad. Just that the quarterback likes him. Absolutely, something like that for such a like a low stakes thing. Why not? If you if it keeps the quarterback happy, you know, like that. You, you know what I mean? Like, there's no. Yeah. Right. It's it, not, it's it, a it's right. a small sacrifice. One, yeah, one of sixteen guys on your practice squad. It is kind of funny. Like he's going to be. This is going to be his age 26 season. Like He's going into year three, but like there's not a lot of upside yeah. here, Mr. Hightower. And also, he barely played special good teams. Good game. Offensively, but he didn't play like any special team snaps. He gives the Eagles nothing uh-huh. in that element, which is just always going to you know hamper him from ever making a roster, really. Uh, I have, So that's my first one, two, three, four, five. I have Britton Covey. Got him. Uh, Noah Tangiai. No Devin Allen? Or you think he gets claimed? Mm, I forgot to you, crap. You just put. You just forgot to put him in. I dropped the ball. I totally Ooh, dropped the ball. That's. It'd be funny if you if Terrible. you lose because of that. Yeah, I totally <laughs> just dropped the ball on that. That is insane. Oh, I knew I was gonna screw up somewhere, and I did. <laughs> well, maybe he gets claimed, and I'm a genius. Uh, yeah. All right, totally messed that up. <sighs> Devastating. I lost. I just. I just lost. <laughs> I can't do the podcast. I want to. I'm signing off. Goodbye. Jimmy, just take us out. <laughs> um, no, keep going. What a what a disaster. I, re- I I hope he gets claimed. I hope more, <laughs> I'm Devin Allen's biggest fan now. <sighs> I can't believe that. How did I miss that? That's great. I guess because in my mind, maybe I like was gonna put him on, so I forgot to have him there. You know, You're gonna I was put like, him on the I'm gonna put him on, and then you did, yeah, yeah okay. and I just forgot. Whatever. Uh, Laraven Clark. I ha- I don't have him on. Hmm. I think they just part ways with with uh, Laraven. They gave him an extension last year. They like him. Yeah. Okay. They didn't need to do that. But but they also didn't need to extend him. Also, I think he's one of those guys that you can just wait until the season begins and then bring him back. Yeah, he'll be around. 
Uh, Coyote Awashika. Yeah. Got Big it. Marv. Marv Wilson. So no Josh Sills then. Yeah, that, I'd said that was like the 17th. Well, that was a tough Oh, that was right. A tough you said that earlier. Yeah, yeah. So I have, I have Big Marv. I have Jacoby Stevens. I don't feel like amazing about it. So I think just the pro- one defensive lineman then? Yeah, just the one. Because they I have him keep... Because they have Matt Leo, who, you know, like gives them an extra body for practices. Uh, I, I do think Kobe Smith too. I think he showed enough. Okay. I think that's fair. I have Christian Ellis making it. I know he's hurt. The, like the coaching staff seems to like him. I don't know. Yeah. I don't have him. I only, ha- I do have Jacoby Stevens. I don't have uh, Christian Ellis. Well, I probably messed it up on the practice squad. Uh, I'm going to lose <laughs> the tiebreaker. It's fine. <laughs> I have them keeping Kerry Vincent jr. Who I railed on earlier. Me too. I yeah. have him keeping Tay gallon. Yeah. And I have him keeping Mac McCain, Mac McCain. The thing that can be said about him is Sirianni did praise him for special teams. Like he singled him out in week 18 mm-hmm. last year and he's actually okay. like played the most special team snap. So they do seem to like him in that role. Um, and that could matter in terms of like bumping someone up, at least like, you know, for an elevation, not like sign him to the roster, but promote him for game day. I mean, they did that with Jaron Maiden all the time last year. Um, I have those three guys as well. And then Reed Blankenship. Yeah. And then of course I have Sasha instead of Blankenship because I have okay. You have Sashray making the roster. I have Blankenship making the roster. I will say on Sashray, I forgot to say this. Like, Eagles claimed him at number six last year, six in the waiver order. There could have been mm-hmm. other teams who wanted him. Like, I don't, I don't think it's not, I don't think it's, I know what you said about he was available for a long time before, and he was. He bounced around the league a ton, but he reportedly had a good camp last year. The, the Colts writers were saying that like, he could play like every secondary position. He was playing at a lot of different spots. I thought he mm-hmm. looked really good early last year on special teams. He had some plays as a gunner where he was the first guy down the field. So any, any in theory, like versatility, I just think all of that together, like that's, that's worth a roster spot. See, for me, it wasn't even between him and Blankenship. Like I had Blankenship on. It was, for me, it was Sashray versus Josiah Scott. Hmm. And I kept Scott because he's three years younger than him. Mainly. Sure. Also doesn't only move to safety in training camp, but the Eagles do yeah. seem to like him. So I think, <laughs> yeah. I do think Scott makes it. I, the Devin Allen thing is just crushing. What am I doing? How did I, <laughs> I looked it over too. I was like trying to be careful. I'm like, I probably messed up something obvious. And then sure enough. Yeah, that's I great. Did. What a fool. <laughs> uh, I, but Hey, I did submit my roster in before 9am, which was the deadline. That to was the deadline. The rosters in for the contest. That's right. Do you want to get into that at all? Yeah, Bo is the grader because he won the last. If you win, then you grade the you grade all the fifty-three man rosters right. as they come. Heavy in. is the head that wears the crown. And he, he and to his credit, he's won three years in a row. Twenty twenty, we won't get into it, but very suspect. Yeah, a little suspect there. Um, and there's only like what, like three people who uh, did it last year. I'm kidding, of course, but it was a low number of people. <laughs> Uh, actually submitted stuff last year. I think we have like 14 or 16 this year. So we're back up to a decent number of people that are, uh, that are, that are throwing their Bo, hat into the ring. I will give him credit for emailing everyone as like in the years oh, past. Oh, for sure. Yeah. You know, he's, he's a good job uh, organizing, no doubt. In years past when I did it, it was just like kind of, it'd be like in the press box and someone, you'd, so you went around one year because you did it. It, it was like yeah. loosely, more loosely structured. It was better structured this year. Yes. But adherence to the, Admittance. So, yeah, we were mandated to get our 53-man rosters in by nine, which everyone did, as far as I know. Uh, a lot of people published theirs publicly, like on Twitter, out <laughs> yes. on the, the website, canonically provable rosters. 
before now. And Bo and Zach, I guess for that matter, uh, didn't publish theirs until like noon. Like that's a big advantage to see everyone else's 53 man rosters and their reasonings for who they took and why they took them. Like it might be something that they didn't think of and now they can put it in their article and they're, you know, switch out a guy or something. I'm not saying they did that, but it's certainly an advantage. Something could have, something could have happened between nine and 12. Like they could have made a trade for like, and would they get that published there's three hours later. I'm, I'm calling, I'm calling shenanigans on that one. Shenanigans, shenanigans. I say. So, do you know for 100% that they published it then and didn't tweet it out later? Uh, I think so, yeah. Because so I'm looking, okay, I'm looking at the article and I see the oldest comment is two hours and 43 minutes ago. So that was what? 23, so that's one. So that's like, what, 11? So it went up, I think, around like 11. Okay, 11. Because the, it says, by, the, by their byline at the top, it says, by Bo Wolf and Zach Berman, it says three hours ago it was published. And it's one twenty-seven now as I'm reading this. So that would be what? Yeah. Uh, or 10.30? Still well after the deadline. Yeah, 10.30. But yeah, certainly after 9 a.m. So, I mean, how is that not an automatic disqualification? <laughs> like, I feel like if someone got theirs in at 10.30... Did he say, uh, did he explicitly know. say Eastern time? Is he going to argue a specific time <laughs> or Pacific time? I said specific time. Bad job by mountain. me. Yeah. Mountain time. Um, all right. Well, that was it. It's really funny how much time and effort we just put into all this because a lot of it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if they keep in like the grand scheme of thing. It things, can be a journalism issue too. Like if you're trying to get a hold of somebody with the team who you have like a good contact with and they mm-hmm. just don't get back to you by nine then you can't just wait longer for them. How whiny do we sound? How big of babies do we sound about There's this? a lot of pride on the line here. I, I That is true. I, we were talking about this before the we're, pod. I don't even care about the, the money uh, yeah. involved. Am I allowed to right. say what it is? I'm not allowed to say. It's five it's bucks. Five, five bucks, bucks to enter. Yeah, it's, it's nothing. Yeah. It's just for fun, basically. You know, what? Like, go out to dinner kind of money, basically. Um, and I don't, I don't care about that. That's... It's about, it's about it's, the pride. It's, it's the pride. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, so, as I was saying before, you get, went back to that point. So much of this doesn't matter in terms of like we're focused on. Do they keep Devin Allen? Do they not? Like that doesn't matter. Whoever got cut, whoever was like the fifty fourth or fifty fifth guy, will be completely forgotten about in like two or three weeks. Yeah, when potentially some of these guys are just inactive anyway on the, on yeah. the for and active for the game day roster. And also, like, is the quarterback playing really well? Because if Jalen Hurts is looking awesome, then like, it doesn't matter. Like, okay, they they lost Reed Blankenship. Okay, who cares? Like the Eagles are they've won five games in a row and they look like the hottest team in the league. Like so, yeah, it's all kind of funny that we. It makes sense that we put so much focus on it now because that's what there is to focus on, especially coming off a preseason game where there are no starters playing. A whole preseason, really, outside of one drive where there are no starters playing. Um, but it will soon shift here, and obviously too. The other thing is like okay. The original 53 is not going to be the week one 53. They're going to make tweaks with IR and waiver claims and further injury. And maybe they trade. There's going to be at least one trade, I'm guessing, before week one. So there's still moves to come um, to set up what the scene looks like moving forward. Roster cuts are due by before 4 p.m. Eastern on Tuesday, August 30th. So the Eagles will have to trim to 53 by then. Um, 
then there will be a waiver claim period, which I believe ends on noon. What's is there an August thirty first? I don't know. Is it yes. September first? Okay, <laughs> I, I'm never good at remembering like what days of thirty and thirty one. I know February has twenty eighth. Uh, but yes, yeah, so the sometimes waiver claim, 29. yeah, sometimes twenty nine. Uh, the waiver claim will end at noon on, I believe, on the 31st. So we'll see if the Eagles claim anyone. They're going to be what? What, what did they pick in the draft this year? I forget. Uh, they were Their original pick 19th or 21st, whatever, 16th, right? 17th. No, 19th. Yeah. Because they were the last, they were yeah. the last team in and they lost so in the first round. Yeah. They're 19th in the claim 19th. order. So not necessarily likely to get anyone, but it's possible. Someone could slip through. Um, and then the practice squad will be able to be formed as soon as 1 p.m on the 31st so we'll see a lot of the historically a lot of the guys that you think might get claimed and might get poached or whatever they return like yeah yeah they don't they don't and they return teams want to keep their own guys yes that's that's something people don't i think lose we all lose perspective on is like there's some like garbage teams that will claim a bunch of like there there's jaguars claim claim like six or seven guys one year a team like the Bears is going to claim like three or four offensive linemen probably because they just have nothing. So the, you'll you'll see some things like that. But um, for the most part, I think it would be actually interesting to see, to go back and look at all the guys the Eagles had claimed by other teams after cuts. I don't know if anyone's ever done that, put like what? that list together. Who, who, who has claimed Eagles picks? Yeah, like who, who? What Eagles got cut and then claimed at final? At Brett Toth, I think. Right, he was one. Cardinals claimed him when they had the number one overall pick. I think. Okay. Years ago, um, remember because like he signed with the Eagles yeah. not too long before the preseason ended. He played right. like one game or whatever, and then they claimed him right away. Uh, so he was one. I can't think of ones that were, like, were at final cuts. Like Eliza Riley was with the Eagles last season. He got claimed mm-hmm. by the Jets. Or he didn't get claimed even. He got signed off the practice squad. Um, there aren't a lot is the point. It's not. It's very low percentage. So, no, Togiai like, was one. Tongiai. Ta- yeah, Tongiai was another one. It it can happen, but it doesn't happen very often is the point. Yeah. Uh, so you don't have to lose sleep over that. And if you lose someone, it's probably not the end of the world. It's probably not the biggest deal. Uh, all right, so that's what's coming up. We will be back with you here on BGN Radio after the cuts, I imagine, or after we'll figure it out. Either after the cuts or Wednesday, whatever, after the practice squad is set, all that. After moves are made, we'll be back here with you to break it down, see if there are any surprises, whatnot, discuss through. And then soon enough, well, then there's a little bit of a lull because this coming weekend there will be no games, Labor Day weekend. Labor Day weekend, kind of, yeah maybe take some time to kind of chill a little bit. But then yep. after that week one, Jimmy Eagles lions in Detroit, the real thing. It's so close. So close. I'm ready. All right. This has been BGN radio episode 272. Thank you for sticking with us. It's a long one. But there's a lot to talk about. Hopefully it doesn't get too outdated by the time it's up. Um, cuts could come at any minute. They don't have to come at yeah, they'll Tuesday. trade. They'll trade Rager as soon as this podcast is over. <laughs> Right. I mean, I would, I would settle for that. I would do that deal. I would sign up for that deal personally. Um, I've been Brandon Lee Gowton. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram, the, the crawl, the crawl, Jimmy to a thousand followers. It draws near the crawl draws near. I have 
992. So you could be one of the eight to get me to a thousand. Hmm. How okay. grateful I would be. Um, Jimmy Kemsky on Twitter and Instagram at Jimmy Kemsky. Follow the BGN radio Twitter account at BGN underscore radio at bleeding green on Twitter for the BGN Twitter account at bleeding green Insta on bleeding right now, Jimmy, there is a post we're hiring. We're hiring writers. We're looking for oh. contributors, right. not just writers, other kind of contributors as well. If you have a talent and you think you're good and you want to join the team, then apply. What's the, there's no downside in applying. You cannot lose anything. So uh, check that out and apply if you would like to. Check out the SB Nation NFL show, which will have Eagle stuff and stuff from the entire league this, this season. We'll be making an announcement on that show soon. I think that you'll be interested in as it involves some people on the Bleeding Your Nation podcast feed. Um, check out Righteous Felon Craft Jerky by going to RighteousFelon.com. Discount code BGN20 for 20% off your order. Do it now before it drops back down to BGN15. Check out Kristen Roach of Roach Realtors. If you're looking to buy, sell, or rent a house, you want to call this phone number. 856-906-9295. And if you don't want to call, you can text or, again, go to roachrealtors.com. Jimmy. Goodbye, everybody. We will see you Goodbye. later. P-G-N. <laughs> Support for this show comes from Vanta. Dealing with loads of spreadsheets, juggling different tools, and having to do manual security checks, it can be a headache to keep up with today's compliance and security programs. Vanta is the trust management platform that wants to simplify things and bring all your trust-building efforts under one roof, making growth smoother for your whole organization. Vanta lets you automate up to 90% of compliance for SOC 2, ISO 27001, HIPAA, and more. Strengthen security posture and reduce third-party risk. Get $1,000 off Vanta when you go to vanta.com slash vox. That's V-A-N-T-A dot com slash vox for $1,000 off Vanta. Support for this show comes from HubSpot. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Doing business has never felt harder. But you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You just need HubSpot. Because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this. High-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle. It's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.